0: Would you open God's precious holy word to Galatians chapter 3. And we've come to verses 6 through 9 and here Paul makes his appeal to the scripture. There's only one gospel and it is simply stated that we are justified by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone plus nothing. God does all of the work for us and the preparation for that work, the accomplishment of that work, the attending to that work has taken an eternity so that for a moment in time God by his grace would call and save us. And by his power, keep us saved, and finally bring us to himself gloriously in a time that is yet to come, perhaps soon to be. So the Judaizers have come in behind Paul and they have confused the Galatians in some ways, convincing them that they must first become of the circumcision, they must first submit to the rituals of Judaism before they can become Christians. And of course, uh, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, responds. I told you at the outset of this series that uh, Galatians, his study in Galatians and his teaching Galatians is what so moved Martin Luther to write his papers and nail them up on the wall the door of the, of the church, and then the Reformation began because the church in dark ages had moved so far away from the true gospel, the real gospel, that we're saved by grace through faith in Christ, plus nothing. So there's nothing in, in the law that we are to respond to or to be obe- obedient to in order to be saved Paul makes the case. Now, his first part here was his appeal to his apostleship. Now, he appeals to the scripture. That's where we come now today in this passage. So, here we go. Verses 6 through 9. So also Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him, or it was credited to him, as righteousness. Know then that those of faith, these are the sons of Abraham... Then the scripture, having foreseen that by faith God justifies the Gentiles, foretold the gospel to Abraham all the nations in you will be blessed. So then, those of faith are blessed along with the believing Abraham. Let's take this apart piece by piece and see what it says about the true gospel. That's as old as eternity itself. So also Abraham believed God. In other words, Abraham believed God apart from works. His appeal to the scripture is back to Genesis chapters 12 and 15. As one preacher called him, Abram was as lost as a ball in high weeds. He was out there honoring, serving, worshiping other gods. He was a pagan. And God called him. The irresistible call of God. At the appointed time in a way in eternity that God had set, he called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees. He called him. He spoke to him. And he told him that he was going to bless him and make him a great nation. And in the, in the subsequent part of that call, he was to, Abram was to leave where he was and go to a place that God would show him. God, you know, he didn't, God didn't have to design, God didn't have to float down a map from heaven and let it fall into his hand so that he could follow the dotted line. God just says, leave where you are and I'll take care of you and I'll guide you along the way to a land that I'm giving to you. All right? Abram was already 75, but then he becomes very old in Genesis 15. God, his name is changed to Abraham, and God says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He told him that all nations were going to be blessed in him in Genesis 12. And then in Genesis 15, God said, I'm, now he's, 90, he's an old man, he's, God took him out to the seashore and he said, I'm going to make your descendants like the sands of the sea. Now during this shutdown, if I lived on a beach, I might have spent my time counting sand, I don't know, <laughs> to see how many grains of sand fills a cup. But I'll tell you, that's a futile effort. You won't ever count them all. You won't live long enough to count them all. God said, I'm going to make your descendants like the sands of the sea. Now, in another part of the world, on a day where electric lights didn't impede his sight, God then called his attention to the stars in heaven on a bright, clear, beautiful night. And in that day and in that place... The whole sky was a curtain filled with sparkles, stars, beautiful sight as far as one could see. There's no way that a person could count the stars. And he says, now I'm going to also make your descendants like the stars of the sky. A twofold promise, sands of the sea, stars of the sky, a promise made to a very old man whom both he and his wife beyond the time of childbearing. At this point in time, there was no command for circumcision. It would be hundreds of years before Moses brought the law from God to the people of Israel. There wasn't even a nation of Israel. It was just old Abraham who had no child and who was uncircumcised, he was a Gentile. He was just a guy in a place and God called him because God chose to do so and it pleased God to call Abram. He wasn't any better or different than anybody else. It's just that God is God and grace is grace and the call of God is the call of God. And that's it. So he moves out of this place where he worshiped a moon god, what we're told later in scriptures. Just going to go somewhere. God let me know when I get there. Years pass, no child. I'm going to make of you a great nation. And in you, all nations, be blessed. Now I'm going to make you many nations, the father of many nations. Very old now, very old man. Sands of the sea, stars of the sky. The simple truth is Abram believed it. He knew that God could do whatever God wanted to do. And so God called him out. gave him a promise and Abram believed God just like that. Uncircumcised man who had no rituals to follow, the rituals of the law, he just believed God. It was by that faith that he was moved to obedience. But the faith It's what saved him. Now, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him. It was credited to his account as righteousness. Like every one of us, because he was born into the human race, Abraham was in deep debt. He had a debt to pay to God that he could never pay. There's no way that he could ever pay his way out of sin. You think about that sometime. You think about your life and I think about mine, not just you, but me as well. Just in the course of the day, the thoughts that you have, the things that you do, either you do that you shouldn't have done or that you didn't do that you should have done, just in one day. Struggling with that old nature that's in us. This guy wasn't any different. Every time you think that you've done something good that may pay God a little bit back, you're going to do about a hundred things bad and you're just going to fall further in debt. You may as well forget it. You are just bankrupt before God. There is no way to get yourself out of it. And you're just going to have to fall on the mercy of God. And God in his grace paid him out. He not only gave, he not only, let me tell you, he not only gave credit cards in the Old Testament, he gives debit cards in the New Testament. And it all was paid and paid forward and paid back and paid off in both directions from Christ on the cross. It was credited to him. Abraham believed God. It was credited to him as righteousness. His faith, apart from anything that he could do, anything, anything, his faith is what justified him. As I said earlier, there was no circumcision at this time for Abraham, for Abram. There was no law, there was nothing of an Old Testament that mandated certain behaviors from somebody like Abraham. He just believed God. Now that comes from the Old Testament. This is the point that Paul makes to those who think they have to do something in addition to their faith before they can be saved. What could Paul do? He wasn't wasn't circumcised. There was no law for him to follow. It was his faith, what does the Bible declare? It is his faith that reckoned righteousness to him. Did Abram or Abraham did he have any righteousness of himself? No. Not even after Genesis 15. He was a He was a liar. He had weaknesses. He had fears that he shouldn't have had even after God made him the promise to be a shield to him and to protect him. He did things he shouldn't have done. He didn't do things he should have done even after God had credited him with righteousness. God justified him. God covered him with a righteousness that was not his own. Abram, Abraham didn't have any righteousness. The only thing that caused him to be righteous was the declaration of God showing that Abram's belief Abraham's belief is what saved him you believe God we learn through the course of scripture that we don't even have that ability to believe God until God enables us to believe him it's all of grace even faith is of grace so his faith Apart from his works is what made him righteous in God's eye. God justified him. And here's an addendum to that. God works it all out for Old Testament and New Testament believers. God works it all out at the cross through his son, Jesus Christ. God, what am I going to do? You don't have to do a thing. Do you believe me? Do you believe your God? I'm going to make of you a a nation. I'm going to make through you a nation and in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. You see, the promise of the Christ is in that. And he believed that whatever God has to do to make me a blessing to all the nations which involved and included Christ, I believe it. That's what Abraham said. So in his way back yonder way, he looked forward to the day of Christ. He believed God. God credited him with a righteousness that was not his own, a righteousness that he could not achieve that he could only be given, that he could only be covered with the righteousness of another. No circumcision, no works of the law, nothing like that. Just his faith is what justified him. Know then that those of faith, these are the sons of Abraham. Abraham. Our faith apart from works is what justifies us. When Christ came into my life and I was born again, I was regenerated. Through that regeneration, God placed within my life the desire and the ability to be obedient to Christ. And one of the first things that I wanted to do was to be baptized. But I was justified before I was baptized. As a little boy, I used to think, well, now I can drink the juice when they pass it. I never got to drink the juice before that. My mother would just simply put my hand down when I would reach for a little cup. And I would just watch that stuff. I loved that stuff. I love grape juice. Finally, the time came. My daddy did it the way that I do it every fifth Sunday, and I thought the next fifth Sunday would never get there. And I got to drink the juice. I wasn't too fond of that little piece of bread, but I liked the juice. (laughs) But before that ever happened, I was already justified. That was something I wanted to do because I could remember Jesus on the cross. And all that he's done for me. But before I ever took that little cup of juice as a little boy, God had already justified me. I was already made righteous in his sight. Was I still a mean little boy from time to time? (laughs) But so was Abraham. (laughs) Faith apart from works is what justified me. I don't have a license to sin. Contrarywise, I say to you the only people who have great regret and conviction of sin are the saved. Why would an unsaved person worry about being a sinner? And it happens to all of us in Christ. We're not perfect and we stumble and we fall into traps that have been cunningly laid for us out there. It happens and we pray and we grow stronger and we're more able, we're more enabled to recognize those traps as we grow and mature in Christ. Yet still, I'm justified, I'm made righteous by my faith and not by my works. Or anything like that. Any behavior. That was laid out a long time ago. Know then that these are the sons of Abraham. Then the scripture having foreseen that by faith God justifies the Gentiles foretold the gospel to Abraham. All nations in you will be blessed. Blessed. So I'm to be identified. The Jews put all of their hope in Abraham. I've told you about having been in the clothing business in the past, and in the clothing business, I dealt with many Jewish people. They 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 would own big portions of the industry of, of the clothing industry, and their their salespeople would come in into our store and sell us. And there was a certain Jewish man, a striking guy, boy, he dressed, as they would say, like a Philadelphia lawyer. His style, the polished shoes, the greasy look in his hair that went back. I thought, man, this guy is the president of the world. Through the years we became friends, even though he cursed with every breath. That was just part of who he was, you know. It was almost artful. He would, just in the course of a conversation, he, would, he was from New York City, he would curse and swear and I'd go, Huh. Never heard it put like that before. The time came through the years that as a young man... And I had committed myself to the ministry by then, of course. But I asked him. I said, "What kind of a, a Jew are you?" He smiled and he said, "Your dad's a preacher. Are you a pre? I'm a preacher." He smiled and he said, "Well, you know, we're a little different." He said, "I'm a modern Jew. I don't follow the customs or anything." Of uh, the Torah, but Jews know that because we are of the seed of Abraham, we are saved on the basis of the righteousness of Abraham, as God declared. <laughs> so I, yeah, I said, I'll follow up on that. Do you mean that all Jewish people are taught that because of Father Abraham, they are naturally? to use Christian vernacular, they're naturally saved. Is that it? Yes. It's declared so in the, back in the book of Genesis. All your seed, your nations, they all be blessed. And so we discussed, and I told him, of course, the Christian gospel and how we felt. And I used this passage of scripture, of course, I liked the guy. He was a friend of mine in many ways, but he was just reprobate. He was, he was as dead as that wall over there. He, he, there was no, he was filled with darkness. When he came to spiritual things, he would withdraw. A reprobate, I, I would pray for him. In so many ways, I liked him. But he was just not a brother of mine. And I told him, I said, you know, from our perspective, the only ones who are really the sons of Abraham are those who are of the faith. Sure, Abraham has physical descendants. But we're taught also that he has so many spiritual descendants. It's interesting to me that God made a point to present it as a a dichotomy. In other words, you'll have descendants like sand of the earth and you'll have descendants like stars in the sky. Here's what the Bible says. Here are the sons of Abraham, those who are of faith. And the Scripture, having foreseen that by faith God justifies the Gentiles, foretold the gospel to Abraham, all the nations in you will be blessed. You ever thought about that? That the blessing to Abraham just right at that moment went to all of the nations? All the nations in you will be blessed. Now there was a there was a certain thing. So Abraham is the father of the faithful. This is what makes us descendants of Abraham. Abraham was nothing, a pagan. Maybe he was wealthy, probably was, inherited his father's wealth. But there was nothing good in him, so that God would not have been moved because of Abram's personality or goodness. God was simply moved by his grace according to his pleasure to call Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees and declare to him that he was going to make something of him. Abram believed it. Wasn't anything that was a precursor to that? God did not lay down anything that he had to do first. God just declared the truth of the scripture to him. The truth of the word of God. And Abram believed the truth of the word of God. This is what makes me a son of Abraham. This is what makes you who are in Christ a son of Abraham. God's word, God's truth has been declared to me. I have believed it. I didn't have to set myself up for it. There's nothing I could have done. I just believed God. And I realized that God took care of it all on the cross in the person of his only begotten son. So then Abraham is a father of the faithful and the gospel was foretold to Abraham declaring that in Abraham all Gentiles, all nations will be blessed. How could not the Judaizers recognize that? How could they not see that? So then those of faith are blessed along with the believing Abraham. You see, to the Jew, Abraham was everything. He was the hero. They were descendants of Abraham who had received that promise. And so their hope was in Abraham. Their hope was in the blood that pulsed through their veins, their genealogy, their record, their ancestry. That's why it was so important to keep the the records of genealogy in the temple until the time of the Romans who came in and destroyed the temple in 70 AD. Here's the declaration of the word of God. I have the same blessing that Abraham had. He doesn't have anything on me. By faith in the truth of the gospel revealed by Almighty God Believing the gospel of Christ gives me the same blessing that God gave to Abraham. In that sense, I am no different than Abraham. He has nothing on me. His name's in the Bible. There's a long piece of scripture that talks about him. And he's a patriarch and all of that. But the record that is in heaven, where righteousness is credited to the account of, my name is there just like his. There's no different, No difference because, like Abram, I believed God. And it was credited to me. For righteousness. God justified me. God has clothed me in a righteousness. That when he looks upon me. He sees. God sees this spiritual righteousness. God knows. That Christ. Took upon himself my sin. And put it away on the cross. And has empowered me with the power of resurrection when the time of glorification comes because of Christ. Because I have believed the truth of God and that truth tells me that in and of myself I'm worthless. I have no hope, I have no right to God's heaven. There's nothing that's good in me. I long for goodness but I cannot produce it It must be given to me. It must cover me from the Father who will cover me and justify me and cover me in this righteousness by my faith in the knowledge through the truth of God that by grace I'm justified through faith in Christ plus nothing. Abram could do nothing. There was no requirement for anything to be imposed upon him. He just believed God. God saved him. This is how people are saved. This is the great message that that Paul gives to the Galatians. Which, as is stated in another portion of Scripture, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You see, to believe in Christ means to stop believing in yourself. You just have to lay yourself over to the other side. Nothing good. Believe in Christ. To believe in Christ knows that when you're saved, he takes up his residence in you via his Holy Spirit. And now you're enabled and encouraged and unctioned and resourced and empowered to do things that you couldn't do before that you wouldn't have done before. And it is Christ. In you, you couldn't do that. I can't reach up into the air and grab the Holy Spirit and cram him into my heart. Nobody can. God does this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved the beautiful gospel message of the Lord that comes to us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You'll hear me say this every Sunday, but I want to drive this truth home to you. Number one, you have three needs every person has three needs. Number one, you have a need to be saved. Only God can save you in Christ. Number two, after being saved, you need to be obedient to Christ and be baptized. Number three, you also need to follow the principle of the apostles and be a member of a church, a local church. And so this is the invitation. If, If God has revealed to you any of those three needs, then as you exit, there are two rooms just as you go out. There are two rooms where deacons and their wives are waiting to speak with you, to receive you, record your decision as the Lord calls and leads you today. And pray with you on your way out. If God has laid any of those things on your heart, on your way out step into one of those rooms and speak to our deacons. Father God in heaven, thank you, Lord, for letting us come together like this. We bless your holy name. Father, keep us from sickness and harm. Bless this nation. Father, deliver us from the curse that's fallen upon us. Bless our leaders and guide them in the right direction. And we know that you will be glorified through all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.